Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Korean-born, New York-based composer and bassist Sejun Kwan. He talked about his new 2022 CD, Micronap, with his walking cliché sextad. The bassist's presence in the States and on the jazz scene was a seismic shift that happened fairly rapidly. He first played an upright bass just eight months before enrolling in NEC. Prior to that, he had been living in Seoul, South Korea, studying computer science and machine learning and occasionally tinkering with an electric bass. These days, he is well on his way. We cover all of that more. Enjoy this interview. Hey, thank you for taking a minute out. It's great to talk with you. I appreciate your time. Thanks for doing this. <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. Before we get into your latest project, I want to know, as a recording artist, as a jazz musician, how you survived that COVID time period, the last couple of years, and how you're doing now that we're kind of coming out of it and things are opening up. Uh, first of all, I, during the COVID, COVID period until like 2021, May, I was in the school. Wow, it, it kind of feels like a like long time for me right now, but... What I remember during the COVID was like, cause the band, the band, the walking cliche sex that I made got all like everyone like kind of moved away from the Boston on, on that period. So, and also there was like so many like restriction to gather, especially in the beginning of the period. So obviously playing was kind of impossible in a regular basis. So I think I was like composing, trying to compose a lot. Like I use the time mostly for like composing and like studying scores, <clears throat> more like just like. Now you have a new project out, and I think that's the great thing that I'm seeing from my end of things is that, you know, I mean, over the pandemic there was consistently albums I think that would come out, probably not at the frequency that I'm seeing yeah. now. But it's so good to see musicians are releasing material with the opportunities to perform live. How does it feel at the beginning of this year? to have a project yeah. coming out with the prospects of live music and just the world opening up. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's obviously really good because, like, before... So I, I made a group, Walking Places Extend, on 2019, early. And we were, like, meeting almost every... Well, at least once a week and, like, playing pretty regular basis. Like, also in, like, subset, like, subset of the band, we're, we're meeting almost every single day. And then the pandemic happened, and we could we couldn't do anything, and so obviously it's like really good to be, like things are opening up, and then we can play the music that we've been like working on through the through the pandemic. So those are really good, but at the same time for me, like I think, pandemic like those periods, it feels like a past, and I'm like I'm kind of like moving forward, like writing new music and everything. Yeah, I, I kind of want to like. Obviously, play the material, but like play the material from the my pro like previous project. But at the same time, want to like kind of like move on to do something new. Sure, and you know, micro nap really is like you said. You know, I mean, there's 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 a newness to it. There's a freshness to it. it, it it's a concept that um, I, it, to me represents the absolute essence of freedom, which is why we enjoy jazz so much. So. From your perspective, yeah. tell me how this project came together. Yeah, so uh, Micronap, so I'm not sure you're aware of my previous, our first album. I mean, it was only released through like Bandcamp, like very individually, called Sweet Chaser Flex. This project was actually like kind of like, it's like a, like con kind of same thing. 
from the, the my pr previous project, like because I was actually trying to release my first album with some of the I think half of the uh, later, especially the sweet cha sweet transient in the my in the micronet was supposed to be included in the my previous album, and then the pandemic happened, the recording date got like all messed up, so I had to like separate the track and then like re what should I say? Like write more music for the second album, and for me it's like a kind of like kind of continuous one whole thing. So, so this this whole like first album, second album, like three chase reflex micronet kind of begins with my the, the band my bandmate Eris Besto, the pianist. So we were almost like at some point like playing almost every single day, and like we were writing like music, which most of them are now in the trash, <laughs> like almost every single day and like, rehearsing that. And we were like kind of like trying to workshop about like workshop like like very like, what should I say, detailed, like written out composition to like extreme free like improvisation and like how to connect or how to like explore, explore that spectrum between like control to the chaos. Or I won't say chaos, but I would say composition to the, the spectrum of the composition and the improvisation. These are like the issues, first of all, for us, I think, of that, of that, all our, our, our exercises and our, our, like, study of our, like, previous, like, like, previous musicians like Vijay Iyer, Taishan Saray, or Anna Weber, John Hollenbeck. So, and also Anthony Braxton, obviously, I think, and Henry Threadgill. So, like, kind of reflection to those people, our study of those people. And I thought that the whole process felt like a kind of, like, kind of are related to, like, what should I say? Uh, yeah, some kind of like non-linear, like the the nature of the non-linear. Does this make sense? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. And, yeah. and that's kind of what I was going after when I was trying to kind of, you know, introduce the concept. And you really did elaborate on it really well. And, and I'm curious, you know, how did you arrive at this place that you're at in jazz? Talk to me about where you were born and raised and kind of how some of the seeds of music and playing and jazz got into you. Yeah, so first of all, I, I, I studied mechanical engineering on my, in, in South Korea and computer science and before I came to the United States. So I, did, I wasn't like involved in South Korea, any of like jazz scene in, in South Korea. But I loved music and I was listening to Tim Byrne, Tim Byrne and like Craig Taborn, I think I remember also I was listening to John Zorn a little bit. I was just like listening to a bunch of the, those people, Michael, Michael Formanek. And yeah, it, 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 it was everything kind of happened in a natural way. I, I, I kind of wanted to learn bass, double bass. And then like I learned the double bass. And then like my teacher was like, oh, maybe you should apply to New England Conservatory. And I was kind of working hard because I really liked playing music. And I really liked the music, what I was hearing. So and then I got in. And then, so, my actual music, all my musical experience, real musical experience started when I came to the United States, which was 2016. And then, like, as usual, I was, like, trying to learn the instrument itself and also learn the traditions. At the same time, try to be more creative, like studying, like, studying with classical composers or, like, studying 
like new music or contemporary classical like scores or something like that and also trying some, some like many different things i think i also remember doing uh like kind of show with the play the actor and like kind of improvising music with the act like improvising act or something like that so though all those kind of like experience yeah so was it always a dream of yours to get to new york to come to america Obviously, yes, because I think I was always, like, like checking out all the new... Even before I was playing, like, instrument, I was always, like, checking, checking out, like, like, maybe, like, who's playing in Smos, or, like, who's, like, 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 maybe checking out, like, who's playing in Stones, and, like, try to find the record of them, and then, like, listen to them. What was the first show that you saw live in New York that just blew you away, that kind of was a transcendent moment where you're like, I'm here... I'm in the mecca of jazz, and I'm watching this live. Uh, I think it was 2015, right before I came to like study in the United States. I, I visited here on uh, like November, and I went to Stone. And in at the, in the Stone, I think I remember there was it was Tyson Soray and Mike my, my, Mark Helius. Uh, and then there was a guitarist. Actually, I can't remember who the name is, who the name is. But I mean, that day I was like really blown away by. Mark, Mark Helius. So that, that show was like really like kind of shocking to me. And also I remember I was watching Ambrose Akimushre like Village Vanguard concert, which was I think in March in 2016 or February. Yeah, those two were kind of like really, I think I memorable, one of the memorable show I, I saw in New York. So I think for the typical musician, you know, you, you always grow, you always evolve. And, but, but I have a feeling, I have just a sense from my perspective that those that come from different countries that go through different, uh, you know, different lengths to get to where they want to go, geographically mm. and metaphorically speaking, there, there's a lot more growth. So you kind of have to grow up in a different way. How do you see your evolution in, in the world of jazz since you've come to New York and been in the biggest game of jazz possible? Are you happy with where your evolution has gone, where you are with Micro and App, and where you're at right now in your career? Like, I have no complaints. I mean, like, obviously, there's so many things that, like, I want to do in the future and I'm, I'm planning to do. I, I, yeah, I feel like, you know, evolution-wise, like, First of all, for me, like what really care is, I think there's always like two aspects for the musician. Like, first is like, like the the music itself I'm I'm making, and the other is more like a outside career size. That if you're getting gigs or like if people are recognizing your what you're doing, and people are like maybe appreciating or not, but like um, I mean, obviously there's so many things I want to study more and I want to like, explore and I want to like. I want to experiment, but right now, the, the, the micronet and everything, I'm, I'm I'm very happy with this, and I'm also very happy with what I'm like current, like what I'm planning and like what I'm, I'm going to do in the future too, which I I feel like it's going to happen pretty soon, and also, yeah, also like I appreciate, I mean, yeah, the the other side how it's like recognized like getting what like the the reviews or words that i'm getting i, I I'm, I'm happy with it right 
Does that make, is that the answer that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, No, you hit nail on the head. So, you know, sometimes I like to ask people if they could go back in time and see any jazz musician anywhere, who would you see? And I am going to ask that, like, who would you want to see? But I'm very interested in the shows that you mentioned, the cutting edge cats that you've caught live. So I'm going to ask you this. Who's the one person Mm. in the world of jazz right now that you would love to see live? And who would you go back in time to see live in, in the annals of jazz? For the past one, going to, going back to the past, there's a one YouTube, there's, I think, it's, in, it's on the YouTube where the Coltrane Quartet, I think it was a half note. Yeah, live at the half note on 1965. This recording is like, I, I listened to this like over and over. One of the, uh, there's a, like a track in the YouTube called like Coltrane playing, I want to talk about you. And it's like split into two. And I think the first video, McCoy, it, it features, it, it has McCoy Tyner solo. And the second video goes to John, the Coltrane solo. And I listened to this over and like, like, I don't know how much, how many times I actually listened to it. It's like something that I, I was, I always go back and listen back. And I kind of wish I maybe, I, I, I actually imagine a lot being there, like how I, I might have felt in that situation. And I especially really like this record because like I was back in, back in NEC, I was like, my friend was taking a lesson with Billy Hart and he called me for like maybe doing like a trio session, trio, his lesson as being like a trio session. Billy Hart actually introduced this video to us. And then, so we, we listened to the whole thing and then we got like kind of blown away. So this is my answer for the past one. And right now, if I want to see, should it be jazz? <laughs> Actually, yeah, I'll go for jazz. I, I think I really want to see, I, I really want to see Eric Revis group. You know, the recording Sleep Nuts Through a Looking Glass? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That, that, I mean, I, I'm a huge, huge fan of Eric Revis, Revis. So this will be my, I think, answer for, for now. <laughs> Yeah, he's phenomenal. Yeah, for sure. That would be a wonderful show. Um, So let me ask you this. Why do you love jazz? I think this kind of connects to the the concept I was talking about, the micronet. I feel like jazz deals with those, what should I say, those extremes, like being like free to be in control, always have to deal with those like two extremes. And it it feels a little ironic always for me because like, I remember I was taking a lesson from Ethan Iverson back in the, in, back in NEC. And he actually like released a, what should I say? Like blog, I like post something about this, like about like jazz being, the practice of jazz should be more like, so he was saying a lot of times he felt like the students, usually the students problem might be they're improvising too much then they're playing their compositions, which for me, I'm not saying I'm, I'm agreeing or I'm like disagreeing with that, but I, I feel like for me, there's always like, you know, like people will say in the beginning stage, like learn the language, like transcribe the licks of the Charlie Parker or some someone else and then like try to adapt it. So I feel like there's always like a compromise or some kind of like, yeah, people are dealing with the spectrum of the competition and improvisation. So I think that's like really fascinating always and also always makes 
the music really fun. And then sometimes music goes like extremely different way. There's a flexibility, but also you might stay there and then really make it right. Just really sound just like great as usual. So everyone out there has a perception or an idea of you, they, who they think you are, your family, your friends, your fans, but ultimately you're the one in control of your life. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? I think I, I, I'm not sure this is the right answer, but like for your question, but I always want to be like a band leader who writes all the, the music for the, the bands, all original music. And yeah, I think I really like doing that. Like I like, like, I like running a band and I like writing for them and I, I like, like having a communication with them to like, like, what should I say? Like put how to like, you know, think of like, try to put like, reflect their personality to the composition or some kind of, like some kind of things like that. And in the more maybe, so, so in more outside world view, maybe it, it will be more like a, composer and band leader and maybe later I'll say bassist. <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah, totally does. Yeah. No, that's a great yeah. answer. So let me ask you this. Let's get to the good business of everything. If ever anyone wants to pick up Micronap, learn more about live shows you might have this year, anything about you, where can they go? Where's the best place? In the West, in the online or in the in the offline world. Yeah. I mean I have a website, uh CJunquanmusic.com. Yeah, that will be the place where people can find everything about me. Yeah. Teacher, thank you for taking time out today to open up about the new album, your life, and music. This has been great. Thank you for opening up. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and minds in South Korea, New York City, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Si Jun for his time, music, and story. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can find us at YouTube.com. And for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.